So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now for the review of the day. All right, got a five-star review from Bexman. Five stars, listen to one. Now I'm hooked. Love the advice and strategies from seasoned veteran agents. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please... Subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation, I got a great guest today. A little different than normal, you know, as we uh, normally get a lot of residential agents on the show and uh, a lot of residential agents. Got a, some of them merge over into commercial, but as you know, in most towns, commercial real estate is completely different than residential and uh, different agents and different profession altogether. And I got a guy on the show named Tom Prockus, and Tom is a commercial real estate agent out of Boca Raton, Florida, crushing it out there. And uh, we're going to get into some nitty gritty uh, with uh, Mr. Tom Prockus. So Tom, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Hey, Tom, why don't you give everybody a little rundown on who you are so they get to know you better? Yes. Well, I'm a, a commercial real estate broker in Florida. We have offices in Boca and in Orlando, and we specialize in hospitality brokerage, which means restaurants, nightclubs, sports bars, any hotels, anything that, with the hospitality in it. Uh, that's, our, that's our forte. Uh, everybody in the office is, uh, you know, works restaurant deals. We have about six guys in the office. We have one in Orlando. And uh, we've done over 450 restaurant hospitality deals in the last years since we've been established in uh, Florida with our brokerage. Uh, and we handle some of the biggest restaurant clients in Florida and around the region, around the southeast. That's awesome. Like who? Well, we handle Buckhead Life Group out of Atlanta, which has about 18 big restaurants in Atlanta and South Florida. We've done all their brokerage for South Florida. We started, I was one of the original guys that started a chain called BurgerFi, which is a, it's a burger quick service restaurant that started out of uh, Delray Beach, Florida. And uh, we grew it. I grew it, was with them for their first 10 stores. They've gone on now to have over 120 units. I, I handled the real estate brokerage for Anthony's Coal Fire Pizza, which uh, went from two stores to 30-some stores and then got bought out by a private equity firm. Uh, and now they're growing all over the Northeast and the uh, Mid-Atlantic. And uh, we handle, you know, we handle deals for, we do a lot of Dunkin' Donuts brokerage, firehouse subs, and then we do a lot of of individual, uh, regional, local restaurants down here. Some of the biggest names in South Florida. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I've, I've, I've eaten at several of those. So, all right, so let's talk about the nitty-gritty. So right now you have, uh, you more or less have you and your, your team there 
of uh, six brokers and yourself. Uh, you're the main guy. Like how many uh, restaurants and and or, you know, leases or deals, let's say, have you guys put together in the last 12 months? I'm going to say 30 to 35 deals with both offices, Orlando and South Florida, about 35 restaurant deals in the last year. That's pretty cool. And, and now we have a saying here on Real Estate Rockstars, uh, because a lot of agents, you know, measure by commissions, and we call it ECI, which is Ego Commission Income. And, and uh, so total gross commissions, right, for yeah. those 35 deals, what would you say that was? Oh, gross commissions in sales also. So counting sales and leases. Yeah. We probably did 50 million in, in total sale. This is gross. This is not commissions. We did 50, we do 50 to 70 million a year in lease transactions and sale transactions, which is different on every deal. So, uh, you know, I'd ha you'd have to equate it to you know, some deals we get 2% on, some deals we get 3% on, some deals you get 6% on, 5%. So to, to tell you the sales volume, it's about 50 to 70 million a year, the 70 being the highest year. Yeah. So, so let's just say, you know, if you take an average of that 4%, so you'd be at two, say, million, 2 million bucks. Yeah. Right? 3%, 3%, 4%. Right. Yeah. So you got 2 million bucks. So what, what, um, so then, you know, what are your expenses? Like what, well, what would your profit margin be roughly on that? Well, it depends because the splits are different in the office. So it depends. There's, you know, there's guys who have six figure incomes and, and there's, you know, uh, how it's spread around. So, I mean, you know, we have office expenses. We have a lot of advertising expenses, you know, uh, computer expenses, uh, programs that we buy that are sophisticated like programs for, demographics and, and uh, you know, commercial real estate. We have travel. We have all, all, the, all the usual typical all expense. That. Right. You think you eat up half, of, half yeah. of that? Do you think you have more than half of that? Mm, about half could be a good, good about call. Yeah. So that's good. So you get a million for yourself. I mean, so it's clearly it's a good business to be in, you know, for someone like you. And so, like, tell me how it's, like, different – uh, how you see yourself uh, as a commercial real estate agent versus a residential real estate agent? How would how would you explain that to residential real estate agents? How you how you're different? Well, it's a different world than residential real estate. I mean, it's totally a different world. The way the clients are handled, the way your work days. We work really Monday through Friday. We're off on the weekends. Pretty much, people that do business with commercial people are, are Monday through Friday. We don't show. We don't show unless it's a special situation, a Saturday or Sunday deal. You know, that's just that's kind of taboo for commercial guys uh, or, or commercial clients. Usually, even think about calling you for a Saturday or Sunday showing. You know, we we show people. You know, comparatively speaking, I mean, somebody may want to see twenty five condos to get a to get one that they would put an offer in in residential. I have a son that does residential real estate uh, in his own company, and. Uh, he does a lot more showings than we do. What we do is we hone in on the client. We get them to the point where they're, you know, maybe show them five, six different pieces or property or restaurants that they that would fit their budget and their and their uh, likes. And then that's where that's where we're at. You know, we don't show we don't have seventy of them to show them in their in their uh, in their forte. You know, in their little yeah, world that yeah. they want. So that's what I love about commercial real estate. It's so logical. It's so analytical, and it's um, uh, you know I don't want to say professional, 
but it, it's more of a professional a schedule, let's say. Let's just put it that way. It's more of a professional schedule for the agent in that they don't work Saturdays and Sundays. They, you know, they pretty much don't call you back after five, and you know, and, unless they're really grinding. And, and the people that are looking, like the people that are looking at restaurant sites with you, that's their job. So they're right. doing it like during the day. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So that's their fault. Oh. So, so let's talk about how you got started. Like, uh, I love, first of all, how you have a niche, right? Your niche is restaurants, yeah. right? So how did you get started in that niche, or did you start off doing everything and anything? No, I, I started off in our niche, and how it came about is I was in, I grew up in the restaurant and the bar business with my family. They, they got off the boat from Greece, and they owned, you know, many, many restaurants. My father, my mother helped out a little when she was younger in the business. And then my uncles were all in the business. So my uncles and, and everybody combined probably had 40, 45 restaurants all over the country, different parts of the country from DC to Ohio uh, to California. And then I grew up with my father in the business. Uh, I took the liquor route more than he, he was more in the food route. I took the liquor route and opened 28 of my own nightclubs, sports bars. Uh, back in the late seventies, I started into the, you know, through the, I sold my last five in the mid nineties and then transitioned into the real estate business in 1999. So when I started the brokerage, I had a wealth of information. I had had, you know, a couple thousand employees that have worked for me over the last, you know, in my first, uh, part of my life. I call it life one. Now I'm in life two. Uh, I'm 62. <laughs> I'm 62 now. And I've, uh, I've been in this business for 19 years. So my previous life, I was in the, in the rest, in the nightclub business, more nightclub and sports bars than real restaurants. But, uh, yeah. And I had a good run. I was in a different day, you know, today the, that business has changed also. And when I got into it in 1999 and started my brokerage, I, uh, I wanted to just specialize in restaurant nightclub brokerage. That was my knowledge. You know, that was my, uh, yeah, you, I, built, you were building on, you know, I like to say in my book, uh, chapter five is build, you know, build on a success up rather than from the ground up. And you clearly were building on a success up. I mean, you're coming off a burger fi and, and, and another chain that you started and, and, and all this stuff. So you certainly knew the game. And then people knew that you knew the game, you know, probably with one phone call, right? So right. It, it, was e it was easy to open the door with all of my clients and all my employees. You know, a lot of my former employees became owners themselves. And, you know, uh, it's a very tight-knit community, the F&B community, food and beverage community. So, yeah, I had a real stronghold to get into it. And I also knew the area in South Florida because I had many places here. So I had to connections i had the beer distributors to tell you you know this guy wants this and this guy wants that and liquor distributors say you know this guy's looking for a space over here and he wants to be on miami beach and you know i did some famous deals i did i brokered the uh, i brought danny devito into the restaurant business in south beach i put together a deal for him with some partners and uh i was exclusive broker for them to put a deal together on uh, ocean drive in south beach i put Dwayne wade in the sports bar business had a couple of sites for him and it's been exciting you know i meet a lot of interesting people get to travel get to travel all over the state all over the country looking at concepts i go you know from atlanta to new york to la and uh you know try to try to grow our base of uh clients you know and mostly built on uh, most of our business now is on referrals and uh 
just referrals and people that send people to us because they say, Hey, those are, they really do. They say we're the restaurant guys, you know? So if you want restaurant and I deal with a lot of the big real estate companies down here, the, the nationals, multinationals, because when they get somebody that wants a restaurant space, they usually just refer them to us. So that that's how it happens. So let's say there's a residential agent out there. Uh, you know, a lot of our listeners are residential agents and they're, and they're, you know, they got somebody that wants to buy a restaurant aside from referring it to you. Let's say they want the commission or, or they're getting into the commercial business and they got someone who wants to do a restaurant and knowing that, and first of all, it's not a franchise because we all know that the franchises tend to succeed where the, where the, you know, the people that just come up with a concept on their own, it's a much harder road to, I don't know what it is, but like right nine out of 10 fail in 10 years. So, so what advice would you have to them to tell their clients to look for or not to look for when finding a restaurant spot for a, a concept that's brand new? Okay. Well, yeah, I can answer that. I, I think that first of all, my first advice to somebody would be a not because of greed, but I would say turn it over to a professional that specializes in that, meaning it doesn't just have to be us. It could be anybody. You know, there's a few other firms that do a lot of restaurant work. I, I, would, I would say, first of all, if you want to do your client justice, it's a tough trade to learn in a day or two to start finding and start uh, going on the web to look at for restaurants for sale or sites available. So to do your client justice, I would say refer them. Of course, you'll get a piece of the uh, of the action. We pay usually twenty five percent referral, but we like to take the client over and and you know we do what we do best. We we pre qualify them and then we find them a site. But if they want to get into the commercial business to transition, I mean, I would much rather suggest that they start selling some clients or clients that want to buy some commercial real estate based on income or whatever and start that route because the restaurant atmosphere in the landscape is very tough i mean it's very tough you know to find the right sites for them and and you know to get to get them put together a restaurant deal put together on both sides it's 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 very complicated explain tough well, I mean, we first of I all, mean, there's people looking all. I mean, I'm not talking about Boca Raton. I'm talking. There's people listening in Tupelo, Mississippi, right where there's yeah, there's vacant well, corner stores, you know, and they say, "Oh, I'm yeah. going to put a restaurant." Like, like, give us some uh, knowledge that people can learn to help to get through the toughness, uh, no matter where they're listening. We also have we're in 85 other countries. I don't know right. if it's going to apply to the 85 countries that are listening to this, but let's just say in general. What are some rules of advice for restaurant agents looking to put people in restaurant commercial spaces? Well, I think, you know, no matter where you're at, Tupelo or, or Toledo, Ohio, it, it does. I mean, I think you need to be, again, you need to know your area. You need to know when a guy tells you he wants to sell cheeseburgers for $1.50 or mini burgers. I mean, and he's got a concept. I think, first of all, you need to try to apply it. Uh, to where you're going to put him, what kind of areas you would think in your area that you got to be very well aware of the commercial air zones in your in your town or your area or county, and then you're going to have to do some legwork. You know, you can do it on the computer. A lot of it, it'll give you a lot of sites on commercial sites, but you have to be hooked into commercial sites like CoStar, LoopNet, 
And they basically just give you some ideas and they give you some locations. The problem with doing the restaurant brokerage is there are places that are not restaurants that are a, a good fit, but they're retail stores. So they need to be converted or whatever. So it's more about the location and then the terms of the deal to someone. So it's, it's something. So location is everything, right? Like to, to think that you're going to open a restaurant and people will come to that, like, a like, a, you know, be, by reputation, it probably, that can happen. But again, it's making your chances worse and worse and worse, right? So you're saying yeah. as a professional that I, the, the ideal situation for them is obviously to put them in like, uh, you know, on, in a path of growth where there's already some commercial real estate thriving or some doing business and where people are already coming, right? And then right. you look at yeah, a certain yeah. percentage of like, what, like what, uh, what software do you use to determine whether there's enough people, whether there's enough, you know, uh, other restaurants and competition, stuff like that? Well, we use CoStar, which is owned, they own LoopNet also, they own BizBuySell. We're on all those sites. We're on all the demographic sites. We can do the lease analytics. We can pull up everything you need to know about an area demographically. But the other thing is the advice I give to brokers or agents that want to do a cover deal or especially a restaurant deal is you have to pre-qualify that person before you waste a lot of, first of all, a lot of people waste your time because they only have $50,000 and they have a dream that they want to build a million dollar restaurant. So, yeah. you know, pre-qualification is important. Then their background and experience is important because today now in our area and major metropolitan areas, the problem with a person that has a dream, their mother makes great meatballs and they want to open an Italian restaurant is landlords usually don't lease space, especially prime space to a nouveau. In other words, you could have all the money in the world and the landlord wants success in, in his space and he wants a track record. Most of my landlords want to know when we bring a client, how many restaurants they have, what experience they have, have they been in the industry, how long. So that's another aspect of it. It's not just finding the right location. You know, a real estate agent could go out and we're not saying we're the only ones that could go out and find the right one, but it's, it, it's dependent on the budget of your client. It's dependent on their experience. And then if you want prime space, usually, usually you're going to have to show some real experience or somebody in the company is going to have to be, if there's a money guy or an investor, you're going to have to have an operator that's, that's going on the lease or, or going on. It's a partner that's going to bring some you know experience to that deal for a landlord. Landlords are, you know, today the banks own the property really, and the landlords are really operating for the bank and they have to get approvals. And they're, and they're usually loans on properties. Guys that have big loans on these commercial properties are not going to let a nouveau in a, in a space. Yeah. So they're what he's not. saying is, so what he's saying is even though the landlord might say, Oh yeah, I love your meatball concept. And I think you're going to succeed it. You know, he's got to go to his mortgage uh, company and, and they've got to approve the meatball concept. It doesn't work like right. you think it doesn't work like you think the landlord has that much control uh, right. at the end of the day with, with a lot of these. So yeah, a um, lot. don't get me wrong. It's not everyone. It's, not everyone. It's, sure. It's not, not everyone. There are independent mom and pop landlords that have a building somewhere that's a great location or a corner or, you know, for a location or restaurant, that's not everybody, but still 
even the mom and pops and the one-ups, they still want to see experience behind them because they want to see their place built out. They want to see it be successful and they want to collect their rent. Amazing read for agents who want to blow their business up. Six steps to seven figures was an amazing read. Pat breaks it down in a simple actionable steps that have taken will almost guarantee seven-figure success in the real estate sales business. Couldn't recommend this enough. Wow, thank you for the awesome Amazon review, Garo215. Now, do you want to get your hands on this book for free and blow your business up? Here's how. Go to the free freesixstepsbook.com. That's free, S-I-X, stepsbook.com right now. Or simply text the word PAT. Two four 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 nine nine nine. That's text Pat to four 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 nine nine nine, and I'll send you a free book. So, what what is it uh, that uh, makes a restaurant succeed? Right. I mean, like you've seen, uh, you know, you see BurgerFi going, you, but, but you also see uh, some of these companies, I'm sure, right, that have rented space from you and bought from you that are now out of business. Well, yes, that happens, of course. I mean, in every business, there's an attrition rate. Uh, the restaurant business, my biggest, again, it's more advice to the restaurant tour than it is to the agent uh, or somebody looking for the site. My advice to somebody is, Make sure you have the staying power. You, you may by word of mouth. I believe good food brings people in. Good food and cocktails and drinks do bring people in. Concepts are great. And there's been the greatest concepts without the backing, meaning you got to sustain. You got to have the money in the bank to pay the bills for six, eight, sometimes a year. You know, this instant success is really hard. There's, there's not many. It's one in a million. You know, when you open a place, you got to get out there. Today, you have to have the social media. You have to have review, good reviews. You know, people, you know, on Yelp and every, every open table, every, people comment on everything. So you have to create a good buzz. You have to have a good product. And you have to have the staying power because you may get off to a slow start. I mean, I've done so many restaurant deals where the operators had great concepts. They just ran out of cash too soon. And that, and that's another, that's another big problem. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, that's the key, right? So you're in an interesting um, situation, right? You have one son working with you in the commercial real estate. You got another son working in residential real estate. You know, a yeah. lot of our listeners are residential agents. I've had very few commercial agents on. You might be the second one out of 800 episodes I've had. So like you, so you see both sides of it. So what, what advice do you have to their agents listening as to, you know, should they go into commercial real estate? Should they do more commercial real estate? Other than the, the uh, schedule, right? What are the benefits or the, or the not-so-benefits of either side? How do you see that? How do you have conversations with each son? And do they debate over which is a better job? Well, yeah. I mean, we have conversations all the time. My, my son that does a lot of residential, it's, it's more about lead generation today. It's more about technology than it is, you know, about the, the personal, you know, reaching out the old days of reaching out to people and calling on them and, and, you know, cold calling and things like that. Now it's about lead generation. It's just a numbers game. You know, 
And what I find out about the residential end, like I say, there's definitely, there's nothing easy in this business, residential or commercial. A residential deal, though, will close faster and you could have faster deals, but they're smaller deals. Usually commercial deals are, are better paying deals based on a lease or a sale of a commercial property with a higher price, but they're also hard to clo- harder to close. It takes a much longer time from the time you get to a showing the property until maybe leasing it, getting a lease out and getting paid for a sale. It could be six months, eight months, you know, where a home, somebody comes to South Florida, they need a home. Once they find their agent, they see 10, 12, 15 homes and they make a decision and there's a contract and, you know, you can have a closing in 30, 45 days. In commercial real estate, there's much more due diligence. There's much, especially by an existing business. You know, usually a contract calls for 30 to 60 days of due diligence, you know, 30 days to, you know, to get a lease. And then once you go to lease or you go to sale, then there's a time where the landlord doesn't pay, but half on on signing of the lease and then half on opening. So it's a more drawn out process, even though, you know, the, the money may be greater on a commercial deal than a residential deal. Uh, and that depends on the residential you deal in. I mean, there's rental, residential. My son does homes. You know, down here, there's not many homes under 250000 But the homes that really move are the two fifty to the half a million. And then the higher-end homes right now are, have been kind of sluggish, you know, over a million plus, you know, up to $5 million, 10. I mean, in our area, we have $20 million, $40 million homes down here. So, you know, from Miami to Jupiter. So, you know, the market's different, yeah. you know. Yeah. No, you've said some interesting things and, and it's interesting. And, and I'm going to go out and say something controversial now. Like, like I think that the, the residential real estate market has a, is much more susceptible to disruption. It has already been disrupted. It, it, you know, the barrier to entry to residential real estate is, is, is a lot less, right? You don't have to learn as much. Yeah. Let's say you had 20 years learning, yeah. right? You know, so you don't have to learn right. as much, but, and, and that's a benefit because you could get in right away, you could start selling, you could start slinging day one. Now, on, right. now when the agents gave, or the, Na- the National Association of Realtors, whatever, gave away the MLS and made it public, it pretty much took a lot of wind out of the sails of, of the agent having that, it's starting to more and more take wind out of sales of agents having one-on-one relationships with buyers and sellers. And that's why it's more important for them to do that now. Now with commercial real estate, I think you're protected in that. In like number one, you never gave away your MLS. Let's say you could buy, a consumer could probably buy CoStar, but it's so freaking expensive that they won't. Where Zillow is free, right? They can go on Zillow for absolutely right. free, a consumer. A consumer is not going to buy CoStar unless they're, unless they're like, you know, making tons of money already buying and selling commercial real estate. So you've protected, right. you've protected that, and you've protected yourself by, by essentially not necessarily cooperating on every deal, right? Like you, you, you certainly can take a deal and not have other agents involved in it, and there's not this undercurrent of oh, you must cooperate with other agents. It's like if you want to cooperate, you can, but you don't have to. And I right. think with residential real estate, it's well. It's unfair if you don't cooperate. So in that right. sense, so in that sense, you've protected the commercial real estate industry to make it less disruptable. Do you agree with that? Oh, I, I totally agree. The commercial market is it's so 
on the entry to it is so hard realistically i mean somebody trying to just if you go to what i call the big houses if you go to the big commercial houses and say you know look i just got my license and i want to work for you they they're like, yeah, well, you know, you'll start in the mail room and you'll work your way up. And in 10 years from now, you know, will you make it into leasing or you make it into sales? You know, we're talking about the big guys, you know, uh, CB Richard Ellis's Marcus Millichamps of the world. I'm not saying it, you know, takes 10 years to work into it, but you have to bring something to the table like hospitality or medical condo experience and say, look, I, this is my forte. You know, this is what I've done. You know, in the residential real estate, my gosh, I mean, there's so many licensees in Florida that do residential real estate. It's it's amazing. I mean, there's 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 probably two, three hundred thousand eight. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing how many there are. I, I mean, I I've heard the figure from my son. And it's it's hundreds of thousands. It's not it's not like ten thousand agents. Yeah, but, that's a, that's interesting. I mean, there's like one point <coughs> three million residential real estate in the United States. I wonder how many commercial agents there are in the united states that figure i don't have i couldn't tell you i'm, I'm sure, sure it's a lot less yeah i'm sure it's less the deals are bigger the the you know the point of you know the the entry point to get into commercials harder so it does it makes it more of an exclusive club you know that it does residential residential look they're you know, these companies are scouring for people all the time. The, 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 the more the mayor, it's a volume, it's a volume deal with these companies. You know, they put them on. It's all about the volume and creating the volume. So they can have an office down here can have 50 to a hundred agents in it. And you know, you, you gotta go out there. It's very, very competitive, very competitive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's yeah, very interesting. The, the, yeah, the barrier, you know, to get into commercial real estate is a much higher bar. It's a much higher bar, and it's really harder to break into, which makes it, if you're in it, it makes it more exclusive for you and more profitable at the same time. There's a pro and a con to it. Absolutely. Okay, well, well listen, Tom, this has been great. I really appreciate you coming on and teaching us a different perspective on things. And, guys, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put – all of Tom's information, his email, phone number, all that stuff on his show notes. It's going to be at hybendigital.com. Backslash Tom Prakas. It's Tom and then P-R-A-K-A-S. P-R-A-K-A-S. Tom Prakas. Yeah. Hybendigital.com. Backslash Tom Prakas. And Tom, listen, if I'm ever in Boca Raton, Florida, I will look you up and we will get together and uh, break some bread. And I appreciate you coming right. on today. Good. Thank you, man. Pat, good to talk to you. Good to talk to your audience. Nice to meet you. Thank you. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text Toolbox to 444-999. That's Toolbox to 444-999.
Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger. Yes, the one finger that points at people and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe and listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys. And I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day. And thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.